This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Lana Salant runs the ethical omnivore movement out of Alberta, Canada. Holy smokes. Within the first minute or two of this podcast, you are going to fully understand her personality. Lana and I get into a conversation about veganism, uh, her movement, the ethical omnivore, which obviously tackles a lot of healthy meat eating. And then we dive into trophy hunting. And the conversation takes a bit of a, a 90 degree turn. But I think you will enjoy this. I thoroughly enjoyed Lana on the podcast. And yeah, let us know what you think. Leave us a review leave us a rating and help us grow this podcast. And if you have a suggestion of someone that we need to have on the podcast, reach out to us, DM us, email us at info at bloodorigins.com. Enjoy this amazing, crazy podcast with Lana. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple, is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to, to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name. My name. Is, <laughs> Does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. <laughs> Braxton, you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Mm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a, a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. Fire right now. Yeah, I just watched um, The Rivets. Do you know The Rivets? John and Jen Rivet, they run a big bear camp, and he just literally posted a video about ash falling. Like, I don't have a clue. Like, I thought, I'm looking at the weather, I'm going to take my dogs out for a walk, and I have to be mindful of the temperature because they're pugs, right? Can't get them too hot, so I usually go fairly early, but it looks so dark. So I looked at the weather, it was already up to 14 degrees Celsius, and, and then it just it hit me, like the smell of the smoke is just, it smells like somebody's barbecuing in my backyard, that's how strong it is. Where they don't... This is this is BC or I'm in Alberta. Alberta, that's right, in Alberta. We get BCs like I, I think they only have ten trees to burn down this year. Last, there, no poor guys. So I thought it was that, but it's actually Alberta. And there's this conspiracy theory going on right now because we're we have our big, big provincial election right, and it's getting pretty heated. And so we've got some weird. Um, rumor going around that it's the conservative leaders they're they're trying to attack her so they're starting fires are off it you got a lot of you guys typically have fires in the spring 
Never. 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 This is Alberta. Like, we have two seasons here, you know? Like, came out of winter. There's no reason for this. But it's been really dry and... Didn't have a lot of snow this winter? No. We're, we're just... It's getting less and less and less, right? And every year, there's just less. I remember being a kid. I grew up in, in this province. I didn't... I lived in BC most of my adult life. But, you know, when back in... I'll date myself right now. You know, so back in the 70s, just drifts of snow. I remember being on top of the school roof and sliding down the drift that's that side of the school, right? That was our fun. And now you're lucky to get four snowflakes a year. Wow. Rough. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Well, Lana, did I, let me see if I can get your last name correct. Salant? Salant, yeah. Uh, welcome, finally. I'm so sorry. Through the Blood Origins podcast, people don't know the, the, the aches and the pains that I have gone oh, to to I've actually coordinate this. Well, how it is rounding up cats. That's it's like my PhD, man. My PhD, the, the hardest thing was it was like, you know, the committee members trying to herd cats, essentially. <laughs> That's exactly it. Um, yeah, no, full disclosure, I have um, kind of a chronic health issue that crops up once in a while, and I'm, I'm off work yeah. because of it. So, Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it's a stupid thing. I'm trying to get to the bottom of it. I just, I end up, I get shingle. Mm. People get one bout in their whole life. I get them every two months, so. That's nuts. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, so let's well, get. How would you describe yourself, Lana? Your, My... me, I'll, I'll describe your Instagram handle is ethical. Omnivore. Yes. So you follow me on Instagram? I that's how I found you. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I don't know. I just I woke up one day, went onto Instagram, and my thousands and thousands of followers were just it was gone. My whole account was gone. I didn't have a warning. I wasn't I didn't do anything wrong. I think somebody hacked me and just deleted my account. So Instagram, I've only got like nine hundred. So I went from thou you know, what I had twenty thousand on Instagram. We have about 35,000 on Facebook. That's where our biggest draw is. So that's okay. that's you say you say we as as if there's somebody else or else? just you. Um I have a team. Okay. Yeah, I have a team of admins, so I call it we and then I always refer to my community as we. And what's I just, your community, Lana? So my community is the ethical omnivore movement. And what is the purpose of your community? Well, in 2012, um, I was living in Vancouver, and um, I was doing a lot of shark conservation, uh, shark fitting, you know, and um, I went to this, the guy that was, have you ever seen Shark Waters? I don't think so. So a really, really good documentary on the shark finning industry, which a lot of, most people didn't have a clue what was going on, right? Um, the cruelty and the waste. It's not that I have anything against eating sharks. It just, just for the fins is not anything I, I can get behind. Um, anyways, I was invited, there was a screening and the fellow who, who created the documentary was there. And I went with a little vegetarian girl who just turned vegan and I was wearing, um, a leather jacket and she says, oh, you probably want to leave that at home. And I said, why? And she goes, well, he's got a really strong vegan following. And, you know, and I was like, fuck them. Like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I'll wear my leather, my sustainable leather jacket. And you guys can wear all your plastic clothes. Anyways, so it got me to thinking. I was like, so, you know, I was and then I, I was myself also seeing kind of the rise of the vegans. It was around that time, like 2010-ish, 2000 was getting kind of ramped up on the internet. And so I thought, okay, this is, I've been thinking about it for a while. I've, I've, I was a former vegan, not very long. I, I've taught yoga for about 35 years. And was, Why did you decide to become a vegan? Because I taught yoga for about 35 years. And at the time, um, veganism was getting, like yoga kind of, there's, it's a lot of, you know, the no harm. It's one of the, the um, tenets of, of uh, the yoga philosophy. Um, and I've been vegetarian, uh, in, in the past, never went without me. So vegetarian, always, I was eating eggs or, or, or doing, dairy. 
So me and a few of my friends were all in the yoga movement at the time, and we decided to try it all together. And none of us could do it. We lasted, and we're, you know, yogis. We were, you know, not, not the fly-by-nights. We were kind of elite yogis at the time. And it made all of us feel weak, stupid, you know, depressed, the whole bit. <laughs> hit us all hard, and we were all like, well, that's out of there. And so that was back in, um, oh, my gosh. When did I, the last time I tried that, it was maybe 97. Okay. Not important, that part. Um, so when this, I started seeing this, and for when I was vegan, um, I, I got in a car accident at the time, and I was seeing a naturopath. And my naturopath, pretty famous guy, Eric Pose in, in uh, Vancouver, he basically said to me, if you don't start eating some meat, and he knew me not to be vegan too, he how I was doing it. He says, if you don't start eating meat, he says, you may as well stop paying me because you're simply not healing and it's because of your diet. But oh, but this, that, and the other thing. So he introduced me to a farm that he got his meat from in the outs in Abbotsford. And um, that kind of started me on this like small farm love affair that I've been having for so many, so many years. Um, and so you know, fast forward again now to 2012, the big vegan movements kind of come in and um, it's getting silly too, like a lot of stupid talk about nutrition, which I've, you know, I've been studying, you know, fitness and nutrition my entire life, you know. And um, so I, I started, I said, there's got to be a voice out there for ethical meat eating. Yeah. And so that's kind of just what I did. And I, I just called it the ethical omnivore movement. As acronym EOM, right? And um, uh, so, yeah, it kind of just started from there, just a little passion. And and the fights began immediately. It, I don't think we were up and running. A, I, we At that point, it was just me. Uh, a month, and I got the first, like, mass vegan attack. Mm. Also getting attacked big time by, by Big Ag as well. Dairy Carey was on there talking stupid to me. And um, so anyways, I, uh, I, I started just getting this falling, I think, just basically because of my tenacity. I was out there, everybody's watching me fighting all these people all by myself. And so then I started getting some, you know, ethical farmers getting in there with me. And, and, and then it just, it kind of went from there. So, yeah. So we, 11 years anniversary this year. Amazing. Yeah, Amazing. It, it's been a. It, I don't know if you <laughs> if you gave me an opportunity to go back to 2012, I probably wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Not not on the. Surface. No, you're putting yourself out there, right? The same thing well, we do. We put ourselves out there. We we challenge the status quo. Well, it's not really a status quo, but we're we're happy to challenge and we're happy to put our head above the parapet, and we're gonna send bullets, but you're also gonna take bullets. Yeah, oh, I've taken so many bullets, honest to God. I've had more lives than a, than a herd of cats. Um, so, yeah, so I that happened, and then I got admins to help me out, and then the website came, and blogging came, and I just started the YouTube channel just a couple months back. Nice. nice. Yeah. So... To give you, I think a lot of people, and obviously I haven't, I don't know you from a bar of soap. We just connected. Here we are seeing each other for the first time. Yeah. Um, and I've got a, just a little smidgen of your personality already through the 10 minutes that we've had you on. <laughs> but I want to, I want to, I found a post on your Instagram that if, you know, you, you need to get people, you know, conversation starter. Icebreaker right. kind of thing. Not that we have that issue now, right now, right? Um, but I found this post. Let me see. Where did you post it? You posted it this year, and this is obviously an audio medium, so I can't. Sh I'll, I'll describe the picture. The, the picture has Joe Rogan with a huge uh, leg of meat over his shoulder, and the meme says this. Oh, I know very well what the meme. It says, anti-hunters are as qualified to talk about hunting as I am to talk about lesbian sex. Sure, I have seen some videos online, but I've never been involved. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, that's that, you know, it's so typical of, of, you know, like I have literally studied, I can go toe to toe with any, you know, and, and above any, um, uh, dietitian out there. Cause I, I have been on top of the science for so many years. Um, and then of course, you know, I've got a, a background in, in, in exercise science as well. So, and then on top of that, I've also got years and years of, of this work I've been doing, like even before the 2012 you know, closely with uh, sustainable farmers and ranchers, right? So I'm a, I'm a triple threat. So, I, you know, you get these little guys that think I'm just going to say, oh, bacon, right? <laughs> and, and, and so, but I, I owe it all to my community. Like I, I, I came in with the, the fitness and health background and some background in, in, in farming, but I'm not a farmer. And I've just, over the last 12 years, I can talk to you about soil microbiology here till the mm. cup. Come home. <laughs> Lana, did you grow up? Let me ask this. What is your background as it relates to hunting? Well, um, I grew up in Alberta and I grew up in the Rocky Mountains. So I was, I grew up in, in hunting country, uh, Kananaskis country. Um, did your family hunt themselves? My, I was raised by my grandfather and he did when he could, you know, when he was a bit younger. But um, I've every boyfriend I've ever had hunted, you know, I've been out hunting thousands of times. So that's my background in hunting. I'm just, I come from a, you know, a hunting community. So you don't have any, again, this is a silly question based on what you just said, but no perceptions, perspective, negative, otherwise around hunting? Zero. Well, well, no, bad hunters, obviously, like bad farmers, eh? So poaching and, and, and such, but, you know, I, you know, I grew up in, like I said, a small mountain town and, and I saw nothing but good from the hunters. You know, they were the, the, the ecologists. They cared about what was happening with the numbers of the animals and the, and, and, you know, in the, uh, you know, how the, how the environment was, was reacting to, to them even. So, yeah, I never, ever ever heard anything bad about it like this whole veganism thing even was it's it to this day it's shocking to me why do you think why do you think you've been involved in it so long so it's a it's a pertinent question for someone like you why do you think veganism and hunting is so disparate in their viewpoints well i have my i have my hypothesis but I'd, I'd be curious to hear yours okay so i get the premise like i i have i have yeah. our whole world right now is full of extremes yeah. right that's all we have right now just even look at what's going on with all the gender stuff mm-hmm. we have got there's no way to just be a middle ground normal person anymore you've got to pick an extreme and you've got to double down on it and that's what i see with the veganism so because i do have well, what's the premise? So you, you, you started by saying that the, the premise. Well, the premise is compassion. And it is. Okay. And, and I see it in them and I, and I know what it starts off to be. And I have a huge, you know, even in my own community, I tend to be the more, uh, a little bit more of the, you know, soft hearted, you know, uh, rather than the pragmatic. I'm getting better at the pragmatic, but I, I do have a soft heart. I have no fucking fathom how somebody can watch animal abuse videos we call it gore porn that the two right over and over and over well just that that's got to do something to your psyche right so it does start from a place of compassion and i get it and i empathize with that but where it goes from there is right down the mental illness highway and you can tell there's vegans out there like i come from the hippie vegan like before I was vegan pre-internet. So it was just, you know, don't shave your armpits and try to eat lots of vegetables. That was the basis of it, right? You know, there was always been this understanding or this, this, uh, false understanding that, that the more plant plants you jam in yourself, the healthier you will be. And now we know it's, that's, it's the exact opposite when it comes to there a premise of compassion though with hunting uh i i there's absolutely nothing wrong with hunting 
no more. Isn't there a premise of compassion? Oh, absolutely. Oh, I thought I thought you were saying the opposite. Absolutely, a hunter who who does a a poor shot on an animal laments over that, laments over an injured animal they have to chase down. It's it's heartbreaking. So where have we gone wrong? If the premise is the same, well, the pre- so I ask I ask vegans this constantly because I can prove without without a doubt. That not only is meat our one and only superfood for our hypercarnivore species, hypercarnivore. Bomb- Explain that a little bit more. Uh, that I'll get. I'll get to that. Let me finish this. Okay. okay. I'm kind of elderly, and I've got to stay on track. I'll have to go to the bathroom, and you might never see me back. I'll forget where I'm. I am. Um. So, so they they come at it from first of all, it's compassion, and then it's the healthiest for you. And then it then it's the most sustainable. Well, it's none of that. So you'll get them. You, I've got a weird meme that that's that breaks down the the vegan the vegan argument that you'll go and the very last thing is just them, you know, calling you a a carnist cunt. You know, that's that's how it always ends, because their whole thing is, don't eat them. Do you have to eat them? Because they honestly believe that if you don't eat an animal, there's no animals dying. Mm. And there's, it, it's, it's such a weird, as I think they know at that point, they've truly lost the argument. And that's the only thing that they can default back to, default back to, that we eat them. So I'll even say, okay, is it, is it worth? Monoculture kills 25 times more in far more horrific ways you know, slow death by rodenticide. And then it, there's secondhand poisoning. The raptors will eat the poisoned rodents and on and on it goes. The, you know, the, the poison goes into the, the groundwater along with all the pesticides for the monoculture. It, it's just a, it's a killing field, basically. And it leaves just scorched earth in its, in its wake, too. Like once, once harvest is done, like I've, I've got aerial photos of one of the farmers that I support, and he's a good friend of mine. And it, his, his, uh, his farm is like this oasis surrounded by score, like a, there's been an apocalypse, you know, by these cash croppers that surround him, right? So to try to talk to vegans and, and, and break it down for them and say, okay, well, you're not killing. But, but, but now it's unhealthy. No, but it's not unhealthy. It's got every single essential nutrient we need as a species. Every one. Carbohydrates have zero essential. Zero. Meat, ha- meat and fat has them all, all the rest. <clears throat> so you get down to that, right? And you'll, and you'll, you'll, you'll point out that they don't usually believe you or want to believe you until their health fails, right? That's, that's the, the deciding factor for them. But then it gets down to why are you still vegan if I'm telling you that you're going to kill less eating meat? You're going to uh, make yourself healthier if you kill meat. The animal welfare is be- better. I would rather eat a cow that had a sudden death by captive bull than if I was going to eat a mouse that died of a slow death of rodenticide, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So is it better if, if, if meat is murder, then every death would be murder, wouldn't it? It should be. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So we're yeah, yeah, you're, you're qualifying one over the other. Yeah. yeah. We're all murderers. I think that not eating what you kill Killing just to, for the sake of it is a is a crime against nature. Yeah. Go back to the super dense food in terms of meat. You said you could prove it. Like, what is it about it? Well, meat has every single essential nutrient. And what are the essential nutrients? Let me let me read them off so I don't miss any here. Hold on a sec. Oh, put the glasses on just to focus. Yeah, I'm very sexy for you. Hold on a sec. Yeah, it's an interesting debate that you, you mentioned, that you've got, you know, the vegans, it's, it's a compassion thing. It's a health thing. It's uh, better for the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else is there? I know those are the three elements. Um, well, okay, let me tell you what's in, what's in meat. Okay. That is not in plant. Okay. 
So we have D3, B12, vitamin A, creatine, carnitine, carcinotine, hemi-iron, DHA, EPA, taurine. None of that is found, and they're all essentials. Mm-hmm. I'm going to find you again. There we go. So those are essentials. We need them to, lie, to, to survive. Mm-hmm. Carbo, uh, yeah, carbohydrates also, or sorry, cholesterol. That's another thing that they're phobic about. We now know that cholesterol has absolutely nothing to do with heart disease. That whole premise was one flawed 1970s uh, um, uh, article written by Ansel Keys. Have you heard about him? I haven't. Yeah. So he, he did this thing, and, and, the, and in the 70s, they ran with it. Yeah. No meat and high carb. And we, and we did that all through the 80s, right? Low fat. Do you remember that craze? Mm. Still going on now. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's like, I, I don't know when it, like I've got some podcasts and I've got some people that, you know, I could send you some stuff um, if, we, if we keep connected. Um, so you'll know what I'm talking about, but there's, there's a, a war against me. Mm. There's a literal war and it's, in, it's incomprehensible. It makes absolutely no sense. The, the big guys are behind it. The fact that Bill Gates is pushing for no meat, even though he's not a vegetarian, tells you where the money is mm-hmm. with all the, 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 the vegan and the, and the, the pea protein uh, look at what's I think the, I just the app. read something about like the impossible meat or what or beyond meat product. Yeah, they're going, uh, they're tanking. They're tanking, and they've spent twenty years, and uh, they, someone talked about greenhouse gas emissions and mm-hmm. to create the beyond meat in in comparison to cows. Right, that's the other argument: methane, yeah. cows, whatnot. It's almost like 25 to 40 times the amount of greenhouse gases are created. Yeah. I just posted there's, there's um, lab meat. There's a, an article that just came out. Uh, they're, they're still trying to get peer reviewed, but I do have it out. Lab meat, they're realizing, is 25 times worse than, than natural, even conventional beef. They're not even talking regenerative. Mm. So 25 times worse for the environment. Yeah. If people don't think of it, you know, they're, they don't even think about what, what goes into, like, I'm not a not fan of electric cars. I think we have a long ways to go before we can call them economic, or sustainable. Yeah, yeah. Ecologically sustainable. Yep. Yeah. So, but that's just how we are as a society now. Right. And if it's extreme and it's easy to do, then you're, it, one thing I'm loving, because back to 2012, and then you saw the craze just go through about five years of it. I, I get. I hope I get to have my my words marked. We're, we're seeing the um, the peak vegans now. It's done. I think we're going to see nothing but decline now. Hmm. Why do yeah. you say that? Just because the science is out. The science is out. It's terrible for our health. It's te- we're seeing. It's terrible for the environment. I get a lot of vegans say, oh, but veganic agriculture. I'm like, well, that might feed about 12 people worldwide for about half a, half a month of the year. And then what? Right? So, What about the vegans that say that they're actually healthier on their diets? Is that a well, genetic I, thing? Um, no, they all fail eventually. Do you know who Lear Keith is? She wrote... a famous, very, very good book called uh, The Vegetarian Myth. And she was one of the very first people to come out against the vegan movement. She was a 20-year vegan, 20 years famous vegan. And at the 20-year mark, everything went wrong. Everything went wrong with her health. She barely got it back. So that's the thing. You're causing damage to yourself that's irreversible in many cases. And people who put children on a vegan diet, I literally, if I had a superpower, it would be to be able to throat punch through a fucking computer screen. 
truthful. Tell us how you really feel. Then. Yeah. I feel worse than that. That was me dumbing it down. Yeah, I, I, I noticed that. You were really thoughtful in your word selection. How can I say this without my horns popping out my fang? My... Yeah, no, that's a, that's a huge, that's a bone of contention. With Lana, if you, if you had a magic wand and you were to speak for the hunting community, uh-huh. What would what would what would be the avenues that you would champion to say this is what hunting is, this is the benefits of hunting, this is you know perception changing narrative around hunting? Well, honestly, if I had a magic wand, that's all we would be as hunter gatherers still. There would be no ag. There wouldn't be enough resource, though. I think there would if we think if we if everyone was a hunter. Well, yeah. Lana, we have four percent of the population that are hunters in America right now, and it is like, I don't think we have enough resource to 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 manage six percent of the population being hunters. Maybe back in the day when our population was. 30 million, not 350 million. Well, hence regenerative agriculture, right? Exactly, That's, exactly. You know, and, but, you know, you, you're, you did say magic, though, didn't you? <laughs> I did, yes, I did. But that's how, that's how much, that, how much I feel for hunters, though. Like, everybody I know hunts, even farmers hunt, mm. right? You know, a lot of farmers, they're, you know, they're, they're not eating their beef. They got to sell that shit. So they all have deer and elk hanging, eh? Not so much elk anymore. It's so hard to get an elk ticket now. Mm. Isn't it's, it in Alberta? Yeah. It's a draw and it's tough. Dang. I got a cow uh, elk last year in my freezer. I had to buy another freezer. <laughs> oh, I, wild meat is my preference. Elk and moose. I lived up in Yellowknife. I was married briefly. Yes. Icky, that marriage thing. And moose is good. Oh, so yeah, I'm a hunter. <laughs> and I've never, like my grandfather raised me, he used to, he used to squeal on poachers. He had no problem with that because he was, he was a purist when it came to the, and it came to the environment, right? My grandfather was, he fished every day, every single day. didn't matter what minus 40 plus 40, um, and all, you know, like I said, everybody we knew, we always had wild meat because everybody dropped it off for him right up until he died. Yeah. And I bit, I, I remember I, I helped him. I've dressed a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have a huge love for my farmers, but only it's a cl- right close. It's a close race with hunters. Yeah. Like I said, I've never met a hunter that wasn't absolutely in tune with nature, didn't know every tree, stick, branch, bird, rock, squirrel, you know, it's, yeah. It's interesting you say that. I, um, I just came back from New Zealand and I, uh, I met a lot of like true blue, blue cotton. Blue collared hunters, let me call you right. That. Yeah, salt of the earth electricians, salt. contractors that yeah. love to hunt. Yeah, but they were legit hunters, Lana. They yeah. were, like you said, they knew the place, they knew the, the air currents, they knew, you know, all those kinds of things. I think, unfortunately, today hunting has is, is popular. Number one, number two, because of the popularity of hunting and the glamorization of hunting. You have a lot of people that are like wannabe ego hunting influences, unfortunately. Well, here's where, here's where I've, you know, if I've ever had arguments with hunters on, on, on social media, I'm disgusted by trophy hunters. Just mm. to... Wow, you just opened up a can of worms. Yeah. So like, I, I'm, I'm, no, no, no. I'm okay if you're getting, you know, you've got the big buck and you put the horns on your wall. I, I'm happy with that. Uh, I don't, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about tanned hunting. Oh, okay. I'm, ta- I'm talking about, you know, my grandfather wasn't, this is what most of my grandfather's 
theory on on trophy hunting. He's like, why are you going to kill the biggest, beautiful breeders out there? What are you doing? You know. Uh, let me ask. Let me say this, because and this will this will probably stir a little bit inside you, but I think you, if you've hunted, have probably executed in a trophy hunting capacity. So has your grandfather. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I'm not... I, you're I, just against... You're against the... Um, it being extremely easy kind of hunting where it's just walk out, shoot it. It's not really... It's more just a killing versus hunting. Well, this, this is also... I guess it's just, it, this is just my my feeling, not even an opinion. It's just my my heart's feeling on it. Because um, I I I when I lived up in Yellowknife, it's northern northern Canada. Yep. Um, and we you know we hunted a lot up there, and we had a friend. You know, we went up would go out to his cabin, and that prick would he'd shoot every bird, every like you know it just mm. that kind of just. That that shit, I, I I can't. I don't understand hunting just to kill. I only understand hunting to eat. But what about? Let me let me put a scenario to you. So in Africa, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. we're we're probably not going to agree here. Oh no, we I I think you I think we will because I don't think you've you you've heard it couched the way that I'm going to couch it to you. Okay. So I'm going to go controversial on you. Right. Elephant hunting. Fuck those guys, man. Fuck okay. it. Al- we are, okay. Elephant, all of that. I'm so glad you said that. Because no, that's to have a conversation in which I think you'll change your mind. Like that woman who has that one picture of her laying down next to that giraffe. I'd like to step right on her throat. But what if you, what if I told you? You just transition to giraffe. Now listen. You need to listen, okay? What if I told you that the southern giraffe, that same giraffe that she was laying down at, now mm-hmm. I'm not justifying the picture, okay? So I need you to take it's the picture your... I have a problem with. Yes, ag- agreed, agreed, agreed. Looking over the death of a beautiful okay. animal. Okay. Yeah. So I want you to take, I need you to unseat yourself from that action. Okay. And I want to seat yourself in the in the conservation benefits and consequences of the action. I'm I'm absolutely in approval of what the hunt tours hunting brings to Africa. Okay. I'm absolute. I have a problem only with the mentality of the hunter. So if if I told you that neither you or I could change the motivation of an individual to go hunt in Africa. Mm -hmm. But we need them to hunt. The conundrum in Africa is that without hunting, hunting areas in Africa account for double. We're talking 1.2 million square kilometers of habitat protected by hunting. Mm-hmm. No, double, I... it's double the national parks. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We need people to go hunt, mm-hmm. and we need their money to go hunt, and those monies conserve wildlife. Yeah, I, give I... people jobs, provide protein. Elephants. When I think about elephants, I would never hunt an elephant. Okay, but the protein that is delivered from an elephant, especially like in a place like Botswana, right? Botswana has 130,000 elephants. They're eating themselves out of house and home. Now, I completely get your position where a rich, let's call it what it is, a rich white American goes to Botswana and wants to kill the biggest elephant. Yeah. I'm good with that because Number one, the biggest elephant means that they have contributed to the genetic pool already. They're very, very late in life. They're probably on their last legs from a couple of years. It's the kind of animal you want to take. You do not want to take a young bull in his prime or a young female in his prime. So that's the animal you want to take. It just so happens that elephants in their prime, as they get older, 
adds weight and length in terms of their ivory. Okay. And that's what you want in terms of a hunt? Great. It's a hell of a hunt. It's a hell of an adventure. And when that animal's on the ground, the amount of people that come out of nowhere to gather the meat and to feed themselves for months is unbelievable. No, I, 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 you don't have to sell me on that. I'm absolutely, that is, um, that warms my heart. I have zero problem with it. I, I actually, at one point, I was like, I told you, I come from a yoga background. I'm a city girl. I, I'm in the middle of Calgary. I'm not out on a farm. Um, uh, it took me a while, and I've been educated on it, and I'm with you. I, I, like I said, I only have a problem with the mentality of the hunter that wants to do that. That's what I have. A, that person. I don't have a, I, it's necessary. And I understand that now. And I'm absolutely, and I'm all for it. I really am. No, it's, 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 yeah. it's such a paradox. And I have friends from Africa. Like I just, uh, one of the guys at work, uh, my friend Ogo, you know, him and I have had the same conversation. Uh, one of my other good friends, um, he has the, the um, business called Soil for Climate. He's on, he's on uh, Instagram as well as, as Facebook as well. He um, has Soil for Climate Kenya, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah, no, I've got lots of friends from the, the region. And like I said, I, had, I, was, I dug my heels in for a few years there. And no, I'm, I'm, I'm in absolute approval of it. Like I said, I only have a problem with the mentality of somebody who that is, um, that floats their boat, I guess. Well, and that's what we're, that's what we are, um, that's what we're championing. From mm -hmm. a Blood Origins perspective, we champion a new narrative. Yeah. So is the photo of you with the giraffe good? Yeah. Or would it be better for you to show the meat being delivered to the community? I think that would be. Yeah, of course. Huge. The benefits, the consequences, the conservation, speaking to the trackers, how, you know, ask them, do you enjoy hunting? And they'll say, absolutely, because I get a job in a, in a country like South Africa that has an unemployment rate nearly 39%. And listen, I'm, I am a hunter, right? So I've killed lots of animals. I've got no problem. And even I've been, I've, I go tour slaughterhouses um, and abattoirs, right? I check it all out. I make sure things are, you know, I, I, not that I'm, they're approving anything, but, you know, for me to report back to the community, this is a good one. That's not a good one. And I've zero, I've no problem with death it's coming to us all. But why do you think, let me ask this question, maybe you, you can answer it. Why do you think you, in your brain, it sounds like you have, why do you have a, 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 a clearly a difference between someone killing a giraffe and someone killing, let's say, a, a mule deer in Alberta? Because the person killing the mule deer in Alberta is taking that mule deer home to eat. The person that killed that giraffe is not doing that. You can't, well, you can't do it anyway. Right? You but can never bring it thing, back. But if so, you could, I bet you a bunch of people would bring the meat back. Yeah. That guy's just killing. He just wants to kill something pretty. I don't think so. I think so. Yeah. And I've met hunters like that. Like, like they said oh, that. No, I'm not saying that there's not people like that. No. Don't get me wrong. So then why would somebody go all the way to Africa not to eat, just to shoot an elephant? For the adventure of the hunt, of to see a place that you've never seen before, to meet people that you've never seen before, to it's the same reason why someone wants to go to Mount Everest, or for someone on a tourism to go to Papua New Guinea. It's because that's what I think that's the element of hunting that is so difficult to sort of put it in a box because people, and I had this conversation two days ago, people see this idea that you go to Botswana to kill a because that's what you wanted to do. And yes, I'll be completely honest. 
the reason we hunt, the reason you hunt, Lana, is to kill some. Yeah. That is the purpose. Otherwise, it would be called hiking. Okay? Yeah. So, and, and you want to hunt in different places around the world. And when you hunt in different places around the world, it means you hunt different animals around the world. Yeah. And you hunt in different places and adventures and habitats and climates. That's why they go do it. Yeah. Do you understand? Do you see where I'm coming from, though? Oh, no. I get it. I get it. Yeah. It's a super, and that's why when you said trophy, and I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome because you're clearly a very spiritual, emotive, well-thought-out individual. And I have my rationales to why people get so emotive. And I, you know, I, I've become very pragmatic when it comes to the quote-unquote trophy hunting in that I think trophy hunting... Should be a different word for it, too, because even the minute it came out of my mouth, I wanted to take it back because it's not quite, you know. What... You, know you know what it is? Is you're, you're, you're describing. It's, an, it's a description of the action. Mm. It's not a description of the consequence. Yeah. So the action, if you were, if you were solely focused on the motivation of the individual, like the anti-hunters are, that's why they call it trophy hunting. Right. Nobody in the hunting community calls themselves a trophy hunter. No, of course not. Okay. But how about we do a descriptor of the consequence of hunting? Mm-hmm. So it should be called conservation hunt. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good and 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 I'll be the first to admit. Okay. If you were to read the description of um ethical omnivore that I've got on Facebook. You know, and I'll I'll say, as long as there's not a chance that that animal, the numbers, or or you know, or the animals endangered in any way, the age of the animal and the species of the animal cannot matter to us mm-hmm. if we have integrity as meat eaters. Mm-hmm. So I say it. Mm-hmm. I do. Well, look, and that's the other. So if I've got a heart twinge going on, that's just my personal, oh, not even oh. my brain. That's my heart. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. All it is, and I'll, I'll, I admit that every single time. Yeah, I like to also say we've got, we've got horse people that can't imagine in a million years anybody eating a horse, and yet horse meat is is very popular around the world. That's right. You know, um, I'll never agree with uh, eating dog meat. Mm-hmm. Uh. And I'll tell you why, is because of the treatment of the dog. Not that you're eating dog meat. Maybe I've eaten it in my travels. I don't bloody know. I know for a fact I eat some mice at a, a Chinese restaurant that cools down in Edmonton. <laughs> bloody right, I did. Those pricks, too. Anyway, um, but did I even know? No, I didn't. And I lived, lived to tell the tale. So it's, again, it's just protein again, right? So, um, yeah, with any integrity, how can we pick and choose? You know, however, there's got the animal. This is, this is the stipulations for the, our community. They have to have led a natural life, right? Even if they're farmed, natural life on pasture. Fed a biologically appropriate diet. So if they're out in the wild or in nature, of course, they're, they're doing that. Uh, cows jammed in barns eating grain their whole life. That's mm-hmm. bullshit, mm-hmm. Frank. Even in the dairy industry, I don't, I don't approve of it whatsoever. Like, we owe these animals at least a good life, and then a sudden, as sudden as possible, reverent death. Mm. That's it. I like it. I like that, it. That's the only. That's and that's. Like I said, is we can have our personal taboos and biases, but as a as a you know a community of meat eaters, hunters, farmers, whatever we are, that should be our our blanket premise. So you fall within those lines. My my little heart twinges because the same thing is I feel about whales, right? Mm. You know, so you know, Faroe Islands. It was a tough one for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it was really tough. 
But then again, I talked to a, a fish, you know, a, a whaler in the Faroe Islands, and he said it looks pretty gruesome. He says, but we get on those whales and they die instantly. That's right. You know, and so then again, I was, I was, I was educated. You know, fully utilized. Everything's yeah, utilized. Well, and and they need it. Yep. No, sadly, they're eating, you know, pretty toxic meat. You know, as as it stands with the top predators in the oceans these days are getting pretty full of, you know, mercury and the and the rest of it. But that's another that's another topic. <laughs> well, uh, I I you know I knew this. I actually had no you know I didn't set an expectation for what this podcast is going to be like. Um, you certainly set the bar very early. And, uh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it, Lana. And I appreciate what you're doing and the ethical omnivore movement. If everybody, anyone is interested in the ethical omnivore movement, where can they find you? They can find us at ethicalomnivore.org or they can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, brand new on YouTube. Basically, if you look up the ethical omnivore movement, Google it, you'll find us. Outstanding. Outstanding. Mm -hmm. now, and, I'll find you. And do you, am I getting a, a copy of this? Are you sending it off to me? Uh, yeah, when we release it. Super. Um, can, I, can I tell everybody how to find you guys? Oh, they know how to find us because it's our podcast. I'm going to, I'm going to no, not on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, plug you guys. I'm gonna yeah, say at it. Blood Origins. That's everything. We're Blood Origins everywhere. That's it. That's it. Cool. Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening. As always, leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern, presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.